0: You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, proudly sponsored by
1: LFG Australia, lfg-oz.com.au. Or you could visit their store in Canberra, it's in the ACT, for all your board gaming needs. And now, on with the show.
0: There you have it. We are the Dice Men cometh, and
2: that is our new intro jingle. We hope you loved it, because we do. We do. We really do. Surely, when a jingle is that metal, it's going to be called something else than a jingle. Yeah, you can't have. That's not a jingle. Uh, Let's call it a jangle. Like a a jungle. (laughs) Lovely stuff there, Mark. Way yeah. to ruin it straight <laughs> off the bat.
1: Come on, it is the season to be jingling. And
2: that is provided to us by a friend of mine called Rowan from the band's Minds in Motion. Check them out on YouTube. They are very good. And they Act? They are indeed a Tazzy Oh, a Tazzy Act.
0: We're still playing Tazzy Acts, even though we're not in the radio studio. But anyway, we are here again, all three of us in our homebrew studio. I'm Mark. I'm Garth. I'm also Leon. And... We're having homebrew while
1: recording in our homebrew studio. Well, we're being very, very professional. Of course. So professional, in fact, that if you've never listened to this show before, which does happen from time to time because we are still live on the airwaves, this is a show all about card games, board games, tabletop games, things that you do on, ideally, possibly under, sometimes through tables. Mm. And we've been going for 340... Four Four episodes That's right. We are Australia's
0: longest-running board game podcast and radio show, and this is episode 344, leading us in, almost in, on the way there to the festive season. Now, we're going to bring you some, well, I don't know if you'd call them festive games, but they're games. We're going to talk about them. First of all, we're going to talk about a little game that comes from our good friends, garfield games from across the pond in new zealand that is circadian's first light
1: second edition Ooh, dun, dun, dun. and then garth yeah then i'm gonna have something that i always always have which is salad But in this particular case, it is a point salad. Point salad? Mm. So this is um, a a game that has been very generously provided to us by AEG Games. And uh, I'm looking forward to telling you all about it.
2: Uh, Garth, having four different kinds of meat on a pizza doesn't count as a salad, (laughs) I'm afraid. Not (laughs) meat salad? No. that's mm, That sounds horrible. (laughs) Well,
0: and... As well as those games we're going to talk about, we are going to launch our amazing 12 Games of Christmas competition, where you can win one of, surprisingly, 12 games. And these games, they're not just games that we got lying around the place, they are games given to us for you by our fantastic group of sponsors, LFG Australia. VR Distribution, Let's Play Games, Good
1: Games Australia, Good Games Publishing and Behold Games. Is there anyone in the Australian tabletop hobby that hasn't provided us with a game to give away? It's just remarkable.
2: I don't know, but whoever they are, they're scum. Well,
0: we've got 12 great games we're going to give away. We'll get to that later in the show. But before we do, we're going to talk about some games. But before we do that... We're going to take a break, and then we'll be back to talk about the games. Um, excuse me? The Diceman Cometh! Hi, I just wanted to say, definitely do not go and become a patron of the Dice Man Cometh right now. I advise this because if you do, you'll be entered into a competition... To win some great games, and frankly, I'd like to keep my own odds of winning as high as possible. So definitely do not go to Patreon and sign up right away. Perhaps just leave it a little while. That way, you'll forget about it and remember again after Christmas when the competition's closed. That's all from me. I'm Tegan Smith, and you're listening to The The Dice Man
1: Comments! And we... ...are back with metal. Yeah. So I'm Garth, and my job in this particular segment is to throw to Leon.
2: Yes, because I am leading this segment because I'm the one who got this game because I'm friends with the designer because I'm cool like that. <laughs> Actually, well, no, that's not completely true. I have met S.J. McDonald once, and he was a lovely fella. However, uh, his fellow designer of Garfield Games, Mr. Shem Phillips, he is a friend of mine.
1: Oh, so you're just using Shem for his connections to another game designer, eh? And and S, <laughs> S- J have, hasn't told you to call
2: him Sam. No. Oh, okay. I'm sticking with S J, but Sam, either which way. So the game we're going to talk it's about is only Sam to his friends. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I thought. That's what he said to me. <laughs> so, Circadian's First Light, the second edition, which is very similar to the first edition, except this edition is nicer looking. Ooh. So why not? But if you've got the first edition out there, everything I'm about to say is pretty much. Ooh. Sound effects. Alien planety stuff. Exactly. Mark, probably wait for the game's description before I say that. I'm going to say designery stuff first.
1: Okay. We haven't got a designer sound effect.
2: Have you got one? Um, excuse me? We will go with that. (laughs) So, yes, designed by SJ, or Sam, to some people, (laughs) McDonald, who is the co-designer of the West Kingdom trilogy and the soon-to-be South Tigris trilogy with one Shem Phillips of Garfield Games. And the art is by Sam Phillips, all the Phillips sisters over there, which you'd be shocked to find, is the brother of
1: Shem. This is sounding a lot like a game that would be designed in Tasmania already. <laughs> it yeah, is, is. And Sam
2: is known for the uh, for the art of Raiders of Scythia and Hadrian's Wall.
1: Ah.
2: Yes, indeed. So, obviously, published by Garfield Games, as I said, one of Australia's best design companies. <laughs> I'm claiming them. I met them in Australia. They're ours. So the game takes between 90 and 20 minutes-ish. It is between one to four people. We played it with three and four. We didn't play it with one, shockingly. But I'm sure it's probably grand. And according to BGG, that is a website, uh, it is best with two, which we didn't play either. <laughs> so, we don't play many games with two, it uh, must be said. No. You- if it's a game that plays three or four... We're not playing it with two, because that doesn't feel like that's the way it's designed for. Except for, like, you know, your Star Wars Rebellion type stuff.
0: Well, even like Twilight Struggle, which is a two-player game, we played the
2: six-player version, which is Here I Stand. (laughs) All right, keep going. Sorry for us to interrupt, Leon. As well you should be. No one wants to hear you. So, it is a dice-rolling, slash worker placement, slash resource management, and such sci-fi game. There we go. Timing there. So the aim of Circadians First Light is to lead a team of researchers on the planet RYN sorry RYH what do you reckon Mark <laughs> R-Y-H. 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 RYH I'm going to go rare <laughs> <laughs> on the planet rare uh players need to manage their crew which are made up of dice
1: which is fun do you have any sound effects for dice Mark just just sing as you there you go.
2: <laughs> lovely stuff.
1: That sounds lovely.
2: I could listen to that going to sleep, I think. Yeah, it's kind of like raindrops, isn't it? Yeah, almost. Um,
1: excuse me?
2: Thank you, Mark. Uh, to visit various parts of the planet for trade, farming, construction and research. Because you're not there to conquer this planet or colonise it. I can see that in your face as you colonisers over there. You're just there to do some
1: research. Yeah, we always are. At first, To so yes. research the local flora At- and fauna and <laughs> yes. wealth and then research it back to our homes.
2: Yes, until we stick a giant flag in it and saying, well, this is ours, unless you've got a yeah. flag. Look Do you not I- have a
1: flag? This is ours. Look what I discovered. I could sell my new discovery. Mm. Mm.
2: So you will be doing this. You'll be scoring points, because this is a board game. You wouldn't believe it. By negotiating with the locals, harvesting resources from the depository, upgrading the research base, exploring the planet and collecting gems. Ooh, are they the space version of Gems? They certainly are. I love those Gems. The game is played over eight rounds. At the end of the final round, you wouldn't believe this, the player with the most points is the winner.
1: (gasps) Not the most Gems?
2: Well, the GEMs certainly help.
1: GEMs count for points. They're multipliers, aren't they? Like, the more GEMs you get, the more valuable?
2: I don't know. To be perfectly transparent, we played this quite a while ago and haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. So we're going off memory, which is quite bad, and we're having a few drink
1: hippos. probably when all of our mortgages are about half the cost of them now, (laughs) thanks to those interest rate rises, eh?
2: Good old fun and games. So, it's a dice worker placement game, which is something that I don't think I'll ever get sick of, I love worker placement games. I love rolling dice. Put
1: them together. Happy days all round. Indeed. I so, think it's a, great, it's a great mechanic. Yeah. It is always fun, and it always just has enough of an element of luck where you're going, Oh, I got my rolls all bad, and now what do I have to do to make this turn not suck? Yeah. I was going to say, I
0: remember that there's quite a bit of luck mitigation in this, and I'm sure Leon's... About to tell
2: us. It was about two sentences from here, Mark. Would you believe it? So, you roll your dice. uh, You roll them secretly behind your player screens. Stop playing that sound now. (laughs) And then you're going to assign them. You're going to assign them either to your garage. That's right, you've got a garage on your research base. (laughs) I believe in space it's called a car hole. Or a a magical car hole. Sorry, that's probably a rocket hole. Which you're going to then send your ship's out into the world to do various things, or you're going to put them on your farm to gather the resources from your farming stations. And, Mark, you wouldn't believe it. There are heaps of ways to change what on the die faces. I've written that very well, haven't I?
1: Yeah, almost in English.
2: What on the die faces? It's almost like like I've written this while I was chasing a toddler around the house.
0: I remember that there are certain ways to modify your die faces so that you can not get caught when you roll a whole bunch of low end or high dice because you know funnily enough in a worker placement game that's good like this one is there are usually times when you want high dice and there are usually times when you want low dice and there's usually uses for both so hats off to sj mcdonald and his co-designer that other guy from garfield games
2: yeah we don't worry about that
0: um for providing all of those options
2: i can tell you what though it's very clear from where i'm sitting right now that we're leading into australian summer because my arm is stuck <laughs> as we speak just wanted to say that's why i quietly lifted off so it didn't make a huge sound anywho everyone starts the game off with their own leader of the research team which you wouldn't believe it has their own special ability are they aliens no they are humans. Oh. They are circadians, even because <gasps> that is their name. Mm. That is the name of these explorers, the circadians.
1: They walk without circadian rhythm.
2: Yeah, and they will all give you different special abilities, different special bonuses, and all the different kind of locations, mm. which is grand to see.
0: Oh, that's right. It's there's a variant starting where you turn them over the other side, and some of them are aliens, aren't they? Is that all I remember? No. Yeah, those cards you get at the start that determine your starting. Abilities.
2: Let's not ask questions that we clearly don't remember the answer to. Okay. Why our good friends over in New Zealand are screaming down their phones at us as they listen to this. They don't have phones in New Zealand.
1: They We've so- got to send them this episode via cassette.
2: Oh. Because that'd be kind of cool uh, Anyway, there is also a draft of equipment cards that you start with which give you some goals to work towards. But this also means anytime you have a draft in any board game, that newer players might feel slightly disadvantaged to somebody that's played it previously. However, they are pretty straightforward in this game. I don't recall being overly flustered when getting these cards put in front of yeah. you, which is the kind of way to mitigate the oh, this person's going to stomp me because I have no idea what half of these cards do.
1: Yeah, the the only thing is, so there, some of the cards are certainly much more challenging to to succeed they are a lot more expensive to do and i think you know in this game especially when it's for new players getting that teach down really really well and highlighting all the different areas that you're going to be potentially sending your dice makes a big 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 difference because i i know when we were we were going through and i had those couple of cards there going there's iconography on these, yeah. and I'm sure I know where the iconography is going to match, but I just need to take a few moments. And because it is really important, you know, these choices that you make are going to you know, have a ram- sort of a bit of a ramification through the game. Just need to know a little bit of inside info. And I think
0: from memory, while we are using our memories, Leon did a pretty good teach on this game. So good, in fact, yeah, he taught me how to
1: win. That's a nice change. Leon, you must have been on your A game that day.
2: <laughs> yeah. Remember that time when I taught myself how to win? No, no, nor do I. <laughs> nor do I. Maybe in Anno. So there's. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Smash that out, and I beat you, who we bet the designer once.
1: Well, no. up until that point, I had never been defeated in Anno. So until I came along. Yes, and we've never played it again. Yeah. Now hang on,
2: back on task. Okay. Thank, thank you, Mark. Back to aliens. So there are various different resources in this game, but one of the ones you will use as fuel is algae from this planet. I've got that written here just as a sentence just because I thought that was cool. <laughs> Anywho, so what are the different locations you can go to? Because this is a worker placement game. Mm. There are various different ones you can visit on the board. There is a marketplace where you can trade various different resources into other resources. Always good. But like any good worker placement game, these places have limited amount that where you can put your dice. So you have to work out when you're sending out your stuff from left to right on your turn, where's the best place to go, depending on what pip is on the die at the time.
1: Mm. And I do like just the simple decision of, it's not like you're going to go to the market and I can always exchange algae for this or that or that. It, again, depends on the pips on the die. So Zaps. Sure. Zaps,
2: zaps was one of them. Zaps. Gems, another Yes, yeah.
1: but I just like that little bit of decision-making. It's not, I'm going to send a die to the markets. I'm going to send that particular one with that number of pips on it because I need to exchange that for that. Yes. Just a nice little design um, yes. choice.
2: And I'd say when it comes to the worker placement aspect of this game, it's not the... Oh, I can't believe everyone keeps taking the spots I want to go to. It's also not one of those games where I don't feel like there's any conflict here because I can just go wherever I please most of the time. I'd say it's got a nice sweet spot right in the middle. Mm -hmm. There There are a few times where I was just like, ah, you guys can go to hell, which is what most of my turns seem. I don't remember (laughs) you saying those exact words. I said that, well, (laughs) turn into the Patreon exclusive episodes to hear my exact words. And even then there's some of them we're not allowed to say on the Patreon exclusive. Uh, You can go to the Foundry where you upgrade your garage where you can get new space vehicles, which is always fun. It sure is. Yeah. You can go to the mining camp where you can trade water, where well, you can trade water, a very important resource, for gems. Oh. Yes. Mine, mine, mine. Yes. Mine. That is very very Australian. Ha Well done. Uh, there's the lab where you can upgrade your research base, your farm, so you can get all the resources you have back home, which is a good thing because no one else can put their dice there. So it's always handy to have that. Mm. The Academy, where you can get more workers, Mark. Always your favourite first turn. Oh, yes. In any worker placement again. The old get more workers. Then we've got a couple of places here that are a bit more in-depth. We've got the Depository, where you can get permanent upgrades. But you have to leave workers there forever. Mm. Well, just for the duration of the game. Oh, yeah, of course. When you're packing it away, I would suggest taking them off the board because it would probably be difficult to pack away by leaving them there. You've got the control room, which lets you move your harvester because there's actually a planet board that goes right smack dab in the middle of the table when you're playing this, and you've got a little plastic harvester that you'll move around to different areas and let you harvest things like your water, your energy, your gems and stuff as you go along. But just as a kind of centrepiece of the table, it looks very nice.
1: It does, and, and your little harvester token just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's the hex shapes, but it's a hollow hex shape, and it sort of just goes around like a little Roomba, going, sucking up all that stuff. I think it makes a noise while it moves around. Really? Oh, really? That's a very spacey noise.
2: <laughs> it's hoovering up those zaps. Yes. and that water. There is also a headquarters that you can go to, which... If you put your die there, the next turn around, those die will go before any other ones. Mm, So this is a way to guarantee that you are a first player for at least one action. And you can get some other resources there. And on that same board is a nice little space where you can see the event which happens every round. Because you've always got to look out for those cheeky events.
1: That's right. You sure do.
2: Mm. And then we have the trading. Because there's locals there that you're communicating and trading with. You're not there to colonise. I can see it in your face. Take it off your faces. So with the three local races, uh, which also costs you workers forever, which is you selling your friends to aliens. <laughs> I've, I don't know. <laughs> but that seems like one way to do it.
0: I think it's exchanging commodities in a friendly, let mercan- yet yet mercantile fashion. Diplomatically. Yes.
2: Yes. And again, this also comes down to the pips that you send on the dice. is very important going to these locations.
0: And there's certainly no taking advantage of anyone. Yeah, it's no, all done in a very friendly manner. Not
2: mm. at all. However, this is the one place on the board that if you send diet at a certain time, there can be setbacks. Mm. So there are certain things that you could lose in your research base and this represents other people getting there first and trading with the locals before you mm. and them either having all their good resources already gone or them being slightly annoyed with you that, oh, everyone else come and said hi straight away and you've just been sitting in the corner there taking stuff from our planet before you come to see us. That's... That's a bit rude. That's like walking into a party and going straight for the chips and dip. Looking at you, Garth, you double dipper if ever I've seen one. Oh, yeah. Before you've said hello to everybody. They call me triple dippy. Oh, gross. And these three alien races, we have some plant algae looking folk called the... Plant uh, algae people? <laughs> Lorine, I'm going to go with. We have some water looking folk called the called the Zakard, And then we have some red earthy mining looking folk called the Jarak which they they look the most pissed off, funnily enough. (laughs) But they're all relatively nice, as long as you stay on their good side. So you'll do this. You'll use all your die on your turn to go to all these different locations. You'll rack up all your different kind of ways to score your victory points and get your resources and get your equipment and get your end-of-game scoring like any good hero game. But this is a sci-fi game with aliens in it, which is kind of cool. Uh, Once they're all done... And then after that, you go back to your farm, get all your resources from there. You do that, funnily enough, in eight rounds, eight times, and you're done, Ski. That is this game.
1: Yes, it is this game. Mm. And this game is a good game. However, I do remember there being a little wrinkle to do with the
0: harvester moving around the board and certain bonus at end of game which is determined by which section your harvester was adjacent to on the outside of the board do i not
1: well there are there are certainly some little hexes that were double-sided right at the edge of the board and if you're on one of those you could flip it over and get the, the the big victory points but you don't know what the number of victory points but There are ways then. of
2: finding out for there various is. different mm. mitigations throughout the game. But yes, you'll add up different resources as well as different end-of-game scoring and victory point things, like any good point-salady, huh? hey. wink-wink, nudge-nudge, uh, <laughs> type of Euro game. You've got all that to look forward to. Uh, that on top of it, that this second edition, it all has nice little wooden pieces, which is always lovely. They all come in the each individual little trays, which is nice. However, those tiny little trays are quite small and also <laughs> they don't have rounded bottoms so not the easiest thing to pick up when you've got big old grown up fingers and i have rather small girlish grown up fingers <laughs> and even still i find it difficult to do
1: yeah and um i think the there seemed to be a, a an unusual number of the slightly larger tokens versus the smaller tokens because mm. you'd get ones that i think are worth three or five or whatever but there didn't seem to be a huge amount of them and spe- i guess especially with water You know, you are going to accumulate a. I was going to say bucket load, several bucket loads Mm -hmm. of water throughout this game, because your your harvester sometimes can pick up ten or fifteen or twenty water basically in one hex if you're right in the the edge of a water collection area. You're gonna need a lot of tokens, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know whether that is something that you know I assume was was thought about, and they said these are enough tokens that we're going to need, but it just felt. Again, there wasn't quite enough of the, the multiplier tokens, I guess, the Very bigger true. ones.
2: And the one final thing in the rule book that needs to be mentioned the last couple of pages of the rules is for the solo play and setup, which is where you actually go against, I believe, a robotic alien race that's also come there to do some mischievous business. I'm sure just to do research. Yes. Like everybody else. Again, we didn't play it, so we can't comment, but it is at least there.
1: That's right, and it is it is good. I mean, obviously Garfield Games does a lot of solo um, rules for their games, and obviously Hadrian's Wall is a solo, roly ridey game that you can also play with other people. Mm.
2: So we need to mention something which we were umming and ahhing about as we were playing it, and that is the art for this game. What do you lads think of the art? Because It's certainly,
0: oh, it's certainly there.
1: There is certainly art in this game.
0: And it's certainly done by Shem Phillips' brother, Sam Phillips. Yes, and he looks like a rather tough geezer. He does.
2: Yeah, we weren't hugely fond of the art. It's not I don't dislike it necessarily, but I wouldn't say that I definitely like it either. It has kind of a almost a cardboardy mannequin-y look to it, where all the characters look like they've just been kind of slapped onto a background, which is a bit jarring so I don't mind it but I, I'm not a huge fan I must say.
1: I think it, for me it just looks like it's very stylized and very still. I yeah. don't I don't, I, don't yeah. I feel like it is a you know it's all very well constructed art and obviously the skills involved are, are amazing mm. but it just doesn't it doesn't scream of life to no, me. it doesn't. It, look- it just looks like oh okay oh, I'm going to take a photo of this and this and this and, and this is what it looks like chink and make it arty. Um, so yeah. to me, it looks like perhaps
0: uh, like a '90s cartoon style. I mean, it, it certainly it, it, it is very stylistic. Everything fits together nicely. Like it looks like it's you can tell it's all been done the, by the same artist because it's it it is similar. But yeah, it, it look. I'm sure there are some people that like it. Mm, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. It, it's, it has its own style, that's for sure. Let's, let's put it that way. And, I mean, having your own unique style is a fantastic asset to have. Yeah. yeah. You know, because there are going to be numerous designers and publishers who go, we want a particular look, and there it is. Yeah. And there are numerous artists around the world, of which Garfield Games uses other artists who mm. have very distinct styles, and you go, yep, i get that, I'd get the game, and I know who the artist is for sure.
2: Yeah, I definitely just say that that it's polarizing, much like say something like Inish, where some people go, "Oh, that that box art's amazing," and I look at it and go, oh, "That box art is rubbish." Yeah, but you know, pity, pity about the game. Oh, <sighs> but I think look, potentially, maybe
0: what they've done because you've mentioned the very iconic look of <clears throat> excuse me of the Garfield games worker placement. You know, they're they're now coming up to three trilogies all with art by a certain artist that looks very distinctive and so maybe they've gone out of their way to have this be something that doesn't look at all like any of those and can stand apart and I'm pretty sure Leon Mm -hmm. um, confirm if I'm
2: right with the new circadians game that's coming out is it Chaos Order. Yes, which we were also very, very nicely sent by our good friends Shem um, at Garfield Games. We'll hopefully be talking about that sometime. We're going to be playing it soon, so hopefully sometime in the next four or five episodes, but I make no promises. Yeah, and with that game,
0: obviously, they've gone with the, the same art style, so they do yeah. look very much like a set.
1: And I guess, you know, I always think, okay, does the box uh, tell the story when it's on a shelf? Is it going to tell me this is what the game is about and does it make me want to pick up the box and investigate more and turn it over and go, okay, this this game goes for 120 minutes. It's about space trading with space aliens in a friendly diplomatic way where you're going to be using dice and manipulating those to do a thing. I'm not sure that it does that.
2: No, I must say that yeah, the actual box art itself is not my favourite. There are some other bits in there, other bits of art throughout the game that I think are completely fine. But yeah, the box art doesn't jump out at me. But the game itself... We should get onto that. The game itself, uh, I did enjoy. I do recall it going a bit long. However, that could very much be what we call the dice men tax yes. where we tend to rabble on a bit. Have you ever noticed that, people listening? That we just rabble, 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 rabble and just don't stop. Not after three hundred and forty-four episodes, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but other than that, it was it was good. It was a worker placement game where you got to roll some dice and I and by people that are definitely decent designers in that genre, so and I'm looking forward to playing Chaos Order, which is the more fighty version in this kind of universe and that is an asymmetric game where I believe there's six different races and And you throw dice at each other don't you? No I don't, well we can do that if you want to but I believe everyone has a different way of winning that game depending on what race you are so that is dare I say it, interesting Well I'd just like to make a few comments, so
0: firstly I think I've already mentioned I did like the fact that there's a lot of ways to mitigate your luck in this I did like the fact that you can expand your or it's a farm, isn't it? Yeah, so expand your farm, which often gives you, firstly, more dice, but also more ways to uh, change your dice or to do different things with your dice. And then you have got placing your dice out on the board. A couple of those tricky little spots, like as we mentioned, there's the spot where you go this turn, nothing happens this turn, but then you're guaranteed to place that dice first next turn. I really, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember that, that I use that Head, a lot. Headquarters.
1: That's right. And is that also where that you get to choose either that die face or the opposite die face yes, as well? You can flip it to the yeah. exact opposite
2: die face. Yeah, so there then, are lots of different ways where you could possibly, you know, roll the dice again or other things like that.
0: Yeah, and I also remember trying to find out what was on the flip side of those little tiles around the edge of the board that affect your in game multipliers and battling it out with Garth when we were basically racing our harvesters to the same spot? Yeah. And by doing that, you sort of, because you're not going to fresh areas to harvest, you were missing out on some bonuses. But. There was also only a couple of spots which allowed you to move your harvester, which were we were constantly fighting for. And then I remember then when we had other abilities that let you do extra bonus harvesting. Again, that really spiced up. There's no spice. Spiced up that race to get to the edge, to get to the tile. So there's a lot of really quirky little bits. But I also do remember thinking with that whole other part of the board where you were trading with the races trading in your dice, and only one person could go in each spot. And there was like, you know, from the two up to the 12. So only one person could go on each. And then there was a whole bunch of things where, well, if you triggered this one or if you triggered a certain combination, then bad things happened, as you mentioned, Leon. The, what, what did you call them? The consequences?
2: Uh nope. Yeah,
0: setbacks. The, yes, the setbacks. That's the word. You know, that was an interesting twist because at first we didn't really hit up that area of the board. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh, getting towards the end game, that, that pivot point we've got to pivot from getting resources to getting victory points. That was quite interesting. I do remember thinking though that like I feel like there was, you know, if you like, there's a hundred percent of the game, but we maybe we only explored 70 to 75% of it, and there was seemed to be a lot of other things. Not that were superfluous, but Maybe if there were slightly less choices, it would have made it a bit tighter. But I also get that people, a lot of people don't like the the tightness where you're forced to decide, and if you don't get there first, you miss out.
2: It almost kind of feels like there is an expansion... On this game already, mm. just from the base version yeah. of it. that's I think is what you're getting at, yeah.
1: Well, it's good in any space game where it's not about colonisation. It's more like a sandbox. You get to, to interact in different ways. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, I, I recall as well during the, the gameplay that it was like, does it need this? Mm. Does it need this section? Yeah. Does it need this? Um I would leave that up to players to decide for themselves. Yeah. There is a hell of a lot of game in there and there is a hell of a lot of replayability mm-hmm. and that is awesome. Yeah. Garfield has a fantastic reputation for making good quality games and this is one of them. Yeah, It's that simple. I think it would uh, completely reward lots of repeat play and I think you would be able to get some really interesting sort of combinations going throughout the the game. I mean, for me, I had a, a couple of cards that allowed me to basically travel without spending the algae cost. Mm. Yeah, and that was a that massive was advantage. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I loved it. And I was like, ha ha ha,
2: you know algae for me. Yes, whereas my starting special ability let me move my harvester at the end of every like one of those eight rounds. So you guys were fighting it out to move the harvester around and I didn't really care because yeah. I knew where it was going and you two were going in the same direction and I wasn't because you're moral. <laughs> uh, but yet I still didn't win so there is that. So uh, that is the game. Give it a check. you see how you go straight away. Uh, thank you very much for Garfield Game for sending us mm. but also apologies for any rules that I butchered. Like I said, it has been a while, I'm afraid. But... It's a game that we liked, and there you go. We're gonna have a short break after that big meaty meal. If that is some sort of little side point salad to give us a refresher, we going to, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about point salad in a second. That's what I was doing there. Alright, let's take a break and come back and talk about more games. The D- I'm Alan Cheshire from Centennial Games, and you're listening to The Dice Man Cometh. The Dice Man Cometh! All
0: right, and after that little break, we are back in the room. Three, two, one, and now we're going to talk about our second game. But before we do, it would be very remiss of us not to mention. That if you can't get enough of the Dice Men when you listen to our two monthly episodes, you're in luck. Because you can become a Patreon supporter and get a whole extra other Shh, secret episode. That, well, lately has been going for around about two and a quarter, two and a half hours of Dice Men banter, fun and frivolity
2: and adult discussions around let's say, games. Yes, it is After Dark Uncut Dice Men, and it's some of our favourite podcasting that we've ever done. Plus, you know, we'll send you some dice, there's competitions. It's a whole fun thing by joining our Patreon. Just ask our many, many patrons. But they're great episodes, and we want everybody to get their ears into them.
0: And... You might have seen on our uh, socials that we do give away games at least once a quarter. We've been giving away three games from our pile of gamey goodness, most of which are the games we get from our sponsors and supporters. And in fact, in our very most recent competition, which we had just before recording this episode, the winner, in fact, picked circadians as their first prize so there you go it's not just leftover bits and pieces it's real good oh, quality yeah. games that they're getting to win and
2: somebody else i believe picked war of whispers oh, yes. which is another cracker that it's definitely worth your time and your money well trust me we wouldn't so say otherwise
0: check it out pete check it out patreon.com forward slash dice men cometh for more details now garth yes you like a bit of games i do you like points I, I i do when i get them yeah. i don't like and, when you get them and i also someone told me that you like a bit of salad not much can but, you combine those three things
2: stir them around add some dressing and make whip up something i mean what can what's what's your favorite salad uh asian noodle salad actually oh yeah. i mean i, I i'm going to go the the boring oh, it's not really a salad but i'm going to the caesar you know caesar with a bit of chicken You can't go wrong with that, Marky boy. Oh, Lately,
0: I've been into the roast beetroot with walnuts and feta and probably a bit of baby spinach. A bit of Waldorf salad action there, almost. I don't know. It's very Christmassy. It it is, yes,
2: yes. And it's got beetroot. And as long as you don't spill it on yourself, it's great. who to thunk that people that know
1: us best that we'd be talking about salad in an episode? Well, Uh, look, let me tell you about another particular type of salad. mm. So let me read you the theme involved in this particular Point Salad. Point Salad is a card drafting and tableau building game for two to six players. Players take turns building a salad of veggies and collecting points in order to score the most points for the ingredients in their salad. It's making me hungry just listening to this description.
2: Hang on, Garth. That was a that was a beautiful description. Mark, what the hell was that sound that you just put under it there for a few seconds? That was the noise of someone eating? That was disgusting, and yes. I apologise for all our listeners. Yeah, Why? it
0: wasn't a real person eating, it was
1: a sound effect of someone eating, which is not a real person, no. Exactly. But you are more than welcome to play it again. So, in this game, which was very generously provided to us by AEG Games, and thank you very much for sending us this game. Uh, Two to six players will be trying to score the most points in what some people would describe as a point salad. Now, the game itself is comprised of 108 cards. Those cards are all double-sided. On one side, you'll have one of the six types of vegetables or veggies, and on the other side, you'll have a scoring thing it'll tell you if the card a way to score points you mean gar no i mean a scoring thing uh, it'll tell you if you meet this criteria you will meet a certain number of conditions and get some points a for scoring it. algorithm perhaps sure let's call it an algorithm so the game does scale by the number of players and it just means you're going to take certain cards in and out depending on the player count and that's it and you will then set up the game and you'll have three different piles. You'll have a couple of um, face-up cards that are always going to be available. And whenever someone takes a couple of cards, he's going to replace them and so on and so on. The game will end when all the cards are gone. And you will then add up the points in your own tableau using your own scoring cards and your own veggie cards. So quite simply, on your turn, you are going to have a couple of options. You will either take two vegetable cards from the face-up um, central tableau. Or you will take one of the face-up scoring cards and you will place it in your individual tableau. For a free action, you can then choose to take one of your scoring cards and flip it over and turn that scoring card into a particular vegetable. That's the game. But but
2: you can't flip it back the other way.
1: Turn you your turn your onion upside down. So anyway, Leon, <laughs> it, it it is such a simple game. Yep. It is that's it you are just trying to have some scoring cards in your own tableau and they'll all be different things but might be okay for uh capsicums if you have an even number of capsicums you get seven points at the end of the game if you have an uneven number you'll get two points so you want to be taking capsicum cards because they're going to be worth some points but you want an even number so you don't want to have an odd number um is the capsicum card green by any chance? No, it's actually yellowish yeah. and it's called a pepper. Yellow capsicum. Oh, so it's my favourite
2: yapsicum then. <laughs> no, go, no Greek plants. To go back to our <laughs> few episodes ago.
1: All right, so there are carrots, there are peppers, there are tomatoes, lettuces, onions and cabbage. And capsicum, which Americans call peppers. Well that's yes. yes. So bell, bell peppers, I believe. So there are cards in the scoring side that will just require you to have one particular type of card and it might be a multiplier or they might say for every tomato and carrot and lettuce for each of those sets of three, you'll get a number of points. Mm. Or it might be for every two tomatoes you get, you get four points. But if you happen to have any onions, they're minus two points each. So you're constantly battling with the tableau that's face up of what cards can I get? what scoring cards are up there. Because if you don't take that scoring card, chances are one of the other players are, and it's never going to be then applicable for you. Mm. You only get to score. And this is the the one little thing I like about it is everyone is scoring their own little tableau. So just because I'm scoring for an even number of peppers equals points, Leon doesn't give a rat's ass about how many peppers he's got for my card, but he might have a card that says he needs an even number of peppers and carrots because that's going to give him two points for every pair he's got.
2: Yeah, which really adds to the replayability of this because... Since the game is so quick and it's always different, one game, you could be the only person going after, say, onions, because the other two people have cards that want nothing to do with onions. They want onions. They want onions <laughs> at all. Whereas the next game, all of you could have scoring cards based off many onions or munions, and it could just be a war for who's going to get those onions. So, again, two, du- two games right next to each other that are completely different. Well, look, firstly,
0: double-sided card technology is always good. But secondly... I love the way that I look over, I see Garth, he's got onions, in fact, he's got munions of onions, and then a card comes out and it's like mega wahoo points for munions, and I get the greatest joy of going, I'll take that scoring card, but I'll flip it over and make it be a carrot or a tomato or a lettuce. I don't care, as long as Garth can't score from it, and that's the thing is, once, Even if it's on the main board, once you've flipped it over to its onion side, you can never flip it back to its point side. And that that opportunity to score those points has gone forever.
1: Yeah, and, and this is where that push and pull of, yeah. oh, I always want to choose two veggies because more veggies equals more points. Mm. But you might just be completely lucky, and there's this massive point-getting scorecard that you just go, yep, I want that one. Uh, but it is at the detriment of increasing your scoring pool by the by the vegetables.
2: Yeah, and this, this is a game that came out, I think, a little over a year ago, maybe even two years at this point. And when the name first got said, everyone went, oh, ha, 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 very funny. And then the game actually got into people's hands, and people went, oh, this is small, but there's actually a game yeah. here in the fact that this year, two years later, people are still picking this up by the droves quite happily because it does funnily enough, exactly what it says on the tin, that it is a point salad-y game. But tinned salad? But it's a... Uh, <laughs> tinned salad? I don't know. Some people buy packet salads from, like, supermarkets. Yeah, <laughs> but not in a tin. My sister did that once. There was a cigarette butt <laughs> in it. <laughs> oh,
1: no. Yeah. She must have got the deluxe
0: salad there. Yeah. But I'm, I get the point you're making, Leon. The other thing I loved was that you can't really predict what's going to come from the point-scoring side because there's a huge variety of different mixes of facility points and individual points. And, you know, you sort of might start to set a strategy, or tactics at least, towards a particular scoring card when you see it pop out or when even when you get it in your tableau. But then all of a sudden, you need munions and there's nunions You're stuck and you have actually then think, well, do I flip that card over and go with another? Or do I stick with that and hope some more is going to come out?
2: But that just adds to the the (laughs) Funyuns. Yes! (laughs) Nailed
1: it. I am out of here. See you later. But I do like that you're never going to be able to math it out completely. So even though that, you know, in a six player game, there's going to be 18 of every vegetable in there because that's what the rules say. Because you're going to have some that are the veggie side up, and some that are going to be the uh, the scoring point side. You can never just go, "Oh yeah, ah, there's one more one more carrot out there. I know I'm going to be able to get it at some point during the game." It's there's always just enough of, I guess, lack of information. Yeah,
0: and there are those cards where, as you said, you know, if you get a combo of three types of materials of the food variety, that gives you like quite a high amount of points, but one of the other types of materials is then worth negative points. It it has a surprising amount of little wrinkles to it for a small quick game like this. So I certainly had fun. I mean, I know we played it, we played it late at night. You know, we'd had a couple of beverages, and it certainly,
1: unlike most salads, it went down really well. Yeah, and and look, I would actually say that the box is way too big for what this game is. And it's a very small box. It's 108 cards. Yeah. So this is a game where you could just pretty much remove the box. Yeah. Stick it in a bag. Stick it in the purse. A little tin. Stick it in. Okay. Um, because tin salad. Yeah. Uh, and take it everywhere, because this game is completely appropriate for younger kids all the way up to mm. those experienced gamers. It is a perfect game to start a games night, end a games night, or for that little bit of a filling time while Leon's setting up a uh, circadians game.
2: And it is one of those small box games as well that you can play. It can turn into, yeah, it's a 10 minute filler but we've just played it six times row. Yeah, absolutely. Which is always the best of these type of games.
1: Uh, Yeah, and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, Thanks so much to AEG for sending us a copy of this game. It has hit the table numerous times, and every single time it's been a bit of fun. Awesome. Well, look, let's take a very super quick... Oh, sorry, Funyun.
0: Break from all the Funyun. Funyun. And uh, then we're going to come back and tell you how to enter the competition, the 12 Games of Christmas. The Dice Man cometh.
2: So this is Mitch from the board game Barbecue, and everything I learned, I learned from the Dice Man cometh. The Dice Man cometh.
0: Three, two, one. You're back in the room. Look over here. Look over here. Look all around the room. But back here at me, because I'm going to tell you about the 12 games of christmas there once was a group of three jolly men well two jolly men and a sort of a winsome sallow crusty looking younger man who clearly worked way too hard and too spent too many nights packing the chocolates for all the boys and girls at christmas time hang
1: on garth doesn't work too hard (laughs) he's talking about me Well, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to rhyme Grinch and Leon, and I just (laughs) can't quite make it work.
0: Anyway, we have a competition to end all competitions, or at least to end the year. It's our 12 games of Christmas. Garth? Yes. Guess how many games we're giving away at Christmas? Well, I would normally say 12. You're correct. Well, that is smashing. Really?
1: (laughs) It is. I feel like it's 13.
0: Ah, well... You've picked up on the super bonus rules because... It's actually a baker's Christmas
1: dozen. It is.
0: Because, did I mention we've got games donated by such gaming luminaries and supporters of ours as LFG Australia, VR Distribution, Let's Play Games, Good Games Australia, Good Games Publishing, and Behold Games... And we're going to give away 12 of them. Now, how it works is Leon's going to tell you how to enter in a second. But the person who gets drawn out first, they get to pick a game. The person who gets drawn out second, they need to pick at least two games because if obviously the person who gets drawn out first takes that one, then we'll know what to give the second person. Don't do all
2: 12. If you get
0: drawn out 11th, you need to give us... 11 games in order that you would like. But, as a super special bonus for the last losery loser, the person who gets drawn out 12th, clearly they don't have to tell us anything because they don't get a choice. They get the last game that's left over. But because of that, we are going to choose one of our amazing games from the pile normally reserved for our Patreons and give one of those games to the 12th drawn person. So... You don't feel like so much of a losery
1: loser. I wouldn't feel like a loser if I won a game Mm. or, in fact, two games. Well,
0: I mean, we've got 12 great games from six great sponsors. So every game is going to be great. That's for sure. It's just I guess you'll have less choice. But,
2: Mark. Yes. Leon, how do you win? How do you win? Well, you've got to enter to win.
1: And how do you do that?
2: Right. So what you need to do, first off, we need to say... I apologise to all our international listeners. This has to be Australia only. You can blame the price of postage. We do very much apologise. This is Australia only. Anybody else that's international, we just love you. And that is more prize than any board game. Isn't it not?
0: Yes. But unfortunately, of course, if we happen to have 12 international
2: winners, we would go broke Yes. sending those games. Yes, before. sadly, we would. So, 12 Australian winners. So, what we're going to do for the... For the social media posts on Facebook and Instagram, for this episode, which is 3.44, and the next episode, 3.45, we're going to have our normal, hey, the new episode's out, description of the post, of the episode, I should say. What you need to do on that post on Insta- Instagram or Facebook, don't you two smile at me because I nearly <laughs> screwed it up. Don't it's Insta face-gram. bubble. Facegram. Insta pop. To get... the talk. To get one entry into this competition, the one entry, you need to write a comment on one of those posts. What game, out of any that have ever existed, would you like to play this Christmas with friends or family? Not necessarily one that we're going to be giving you, but just in general, just because we're curious and we like to get a bit of chatter going. That will give you one entry. Sounds good. If you share the exact same post, you'll get two entries. If you're one of our lovely Patreons and we know who you are, you're gonna get three automatically because we just love you that much. And then I'll tell you what, give you the hot tip. If you do the sharing and the commenting, we'll give you we'll give you entries for those as well. So you could end up with five bloody <gasps> entries. And you've got two posts as well. <clears throat> Don't go pret doing the same one on Facebook and Instagram, because I'll know I'm in charge of this. But if you do it like two weeks in a row, that's that's ten bloody entries there, lads. Crikey. Yeah. So we're gonna do it for those two episodes for that we put out, and then we're going to draw them on the 10th of December, that is the cutoff, and then the episode that's going to come out about mid-December, we're going to announce all the winners, and then send them out as soon as possible, so hopefully you get them before Christmas, but if not, you'll get them very soon after. And before
0: the competition finishes, before that last post for episode 345 goes up, we... Sorry, before we draw the competition, of course, we will post... With details of the twelve games that you can win, so it's not going to be a surprise. We don't have twelve games of
1: uh, throw, throw burrito, or I went to the tip shop. I've got a, a nineteen eighty something version of uh, diplomacy. Yeah, no, that's not going to make. Whoa, that's
2: not I mean that's actually a not game. bad. yet
0: though, so but two bucks. No, two bucks. so our, we're going to be giving away the games that our sponsors give us for this competition. So they're all going to be great games, uh, unopened. In shrink, as long as that's how our suppliers send them to us. Um, but yeah, un- unplayed games, and then we might play them and then we might give them away because they're worth more after we've touched them.
2: Or we might just edit that whole bit out completely because that's not true. Okay. <laughs> we've played all of them. Okay. Our hands have been in things. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'll edit it out. <laughs> so coming up to the end, we will publish uh, a post. And you'll be able to see all the games that you'll be able to win. There's going to be some amazing games in there. We don't know exactly what they are just now, but we will before the competition
2: and is drawn. entry just takes a few seconds of your time to do a click, couple of little, you know, clickety-clacks on your, <laughs> on your phone, or your, your computers. And then you go, I say completely free, if you're a patron, that costs money, but they get the bestest of the content,
1: don't you worry about that. Plus they get the most entries.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and,
1: and it does only take a few seconds to become a Patreon backer. Exactly. So that's what you've got to do. I won't repeat it, because
2: you can just go back a few seconds and listen to it. But that is what you're going to do, and it's going to be awesome. And that is the end of the episode this week. Pretty much. And look, I know I've said it
0: maybe three times, but I do want to thank so much our fantastic sponsor, LFG Australia, and our other awesome supporters who have also been providing us with games during the year and especially for this competition. So again, if you can support them and tell them that Iceman sent you, that's fantastic. So I'll just name them again. We've got LFG Australia, we've got VR Distribution, Let's Play Games, Good Games Australia, Good Games Publishing
2: and behold games thank you so much to all of you we love you all so much and they're just the main ones there are other smaller ones that have sent us stuff too but we have bad memories because we're all crusty old men. no leon i was only talking about the competition oh yes they're the ones the... i'll be quiet now <laughs> can i go ahead and get a drink now yes okay cool a glug, glug 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 anyway you know what is that the end of the episode? Well, I
0: think that's the end of episode 344. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you're enjoying these new format episodes. And we hope especially that you've been enjoying our new Jingle Jangle. The Dice Man Comets! And we'll see you next time. Bye! Ooh, yeah. Boy! Bye. You've been listening to another episode of the Dicemen Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.